You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? It's not Jimmy Kemsky. It's Brandon Lee Gowton introducing the podcast here, BGN Radio, episode 250, because Jimmy is a bum and is on vacation, and therefore, I needed a special guest to come in today, and it's a really fitting special guest for a number of reasons, but he was with me at Eagles OTA practice today. We're going to get into some observations and everything, but I should introduce him now instead of making him just sit there. What is going on? One Seamus Clancy of BGN Radio and also Philly Voice, where Jimmy works. Yeah, I'm the I'm the Jimmy fill-in all day. Uh, I'll be doing a lot of training camp stuff this summer, and then I'll be at games and practices in the fall. But since Jimmy wasn't in town today, uh, I go down there, and I'm kind of the fill-in Jimmy guy for Philly Voice. So, and I'm filling it on here too. I liked your little uh, Jimmy hoagie mouth intro. <laughs> I'd give it like a solid B plus, I think. Uh, but I'll try to live up to Jimmy's stature here, both in my writing today on Philly Voice, which you can read at phillyvoice.com and on the show. My first BGN radio-specific show, obviously, yesterday dropped, recording this on Friday afternoon, early Friday evening, episode 106 of From the Bleachers, which is wild. I've done that many, and I think episode 23 of Odds and Ends. So still racking up appearances, but first time on BGN radio proper. As we say here on BGN Radio, mostly Jimmy says, the numbers don't matter. Uh, the podcasts do. The downloads do. So, you know, rate, review, subscribe, uh, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the money. That, that's the money. Yeah, I agree. The uh, the purchasing of Right to Spell and Craft Turkey, which you can get by going to rightdispellin.com and using discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Obviously matters as well. We appreciate all that support, but can't delay any further, Seamus, because this is big. Uh, this is our first, I mean, it's in one way, it is not big at all because it is June 3rd and we barely saw any real football, no pads. The Eagles are not even doing 11 on 11. Not all the players are even there because they're voluntary um, and, and players are missing practice for different reasons. So with all that said, it's still our first like kind of look at the 2022 Eagles, which is an exciting group coming off an exciting off season. So um, it's fun to be there at Novacare Complex. I guess we should just kick it off by saying, like, what was the biggest thing you took away from today's practice? It was the least important day of the season and simultaneously the most important day of the season, really, because I was so hyped to go down there. I hadn't covered the team in person at the NovaCare since, I guess, like 2014 or 2015 when I was interning with the Philadelphia Daily News. I don't even know the status of that paper now, <laughs> given all the crazy inquirer stuff. Uh, so I was just glad to be down there. Obvious things that pop up to me. Uh, before practice, offensive coordinator Shane Steichen spoke to reporters. He said that he'll be calling the plays this year. I think that's something, as we talked about before the podcast, he did a lot of that towards the end of last season, especially as the Eagles were shifting to a more 
run heavy attack. And that's when they had way more success offensively than they did early in the season. So it's not necessarily not something new, but I don't think a lot of fans realize that was occurring at the end of the season. And it seems like they're taking that from the jump going into 2022 where Steichen will be that guy. And he, you know, wanted to illustrate that it is a group effort between himself and Nick, but it seems like Nick may be doing some more big picture stuff. Uh, whereas Shane might be doing the direct play calling. And I think one of the things that's interesting about Steichen is that he kind of came to Philly with a run-heavy reputation, at least from Chargers fans I talked to, and that was like a big criticism from Chargers fans. And Because they, they had Herbert as a rookie, and they weren't really right. maximizing it. It was like, way. what are you doing? Like, we had Justin Herbert. He's awesome. Like, throw the ball. And I remember the Chargers had one of the, like, lowest um, – passing rates for like neutral split you know just regardless of yeah. like game it wasn't like hey they were just like down all the time and had to uh well they, they, they were i guess because they were bad whatever but regardless of that it wasn't about the game script it was just about like they were running a lot early, on early downs too so um i think that's kind of interesting because this is a whole different thing Seamus. but like i have this weird don't know totally i think we're we're all kind of have this like thing we have to reconcile where the eagles started throwing the ball a lot early on last season weren't good at it pivoted to the run we're really good at it and it feels like they're going to go away from the run to some extent because they're the eagles and they believe in passing the football and you need to see if Jalen hurts can actually do that and that's how you win over a sustained period but at the same time it's like how do you like totally abandon what works so well for you so i guess it'll be interesting to see uh how that goes with steichen leading the charts yeah, not to be, you know, this is the Andy Reid error we're complaining that he throws at 70% of the time or even 60% of the time, but it does need to be more balanced attack than it was at either end of the 2021 season. When you acquire A.J. Brown, you're doing that because you want to throw the ball more. And when you're having Jalen Hurts and you're, this is the big, you know, evaluation year, this is the make or break year, kind of treaded water a little bit last year, did well enough to get in the starting job this year. Obviously, some stuff goes in the offseason. Maybe they couldn't swing a trade for a certain quarterback. It's a weak quarterback class, whatever. Did well enough that he's still the starter this year. But when you're going out and making that huge acquisition for A.J. Brown and paying him all that money, was it 51, guaranteed, 51 million guaranteed, I think, over a you know, $108 million contract maximum value? you want to actually get that guy the ball and you're going to be force feeding him to a degree. So I think we'll see them have a little bit more balance, but as you're saying at the same time, what's the point of having Jalen Hurts in this offensive line if you're not simultaneously going to punish some teams on the ground too? And it's not, it's it's kind of like, you know, you're having not having a real take, just saying, oh, let's be balanced. But that's really what it needs to be. It needs to be that you can rely on the run as your consistent thing that's always going to work to some degree. But you need to take steps in the passing game, both for you know success this season, success come the playoffs especially, but to evaluate Hurts overall. And speaking of evaluating Jalen Hurts, how do you like this for a transition, Seamus? Thought Jalen Hurts did some pretty encouraging things. Again, you have to add all the caveats that it is June 3rd. It is an OTA practice without 11 on 11. There isn't even like simulated pressure you know in a normal no. practice there isn't actually real pressure because you can't touch the quarterback but at least like you know let's say javon javon hargrave last year was like a beast and like he could pop yeah, through the line great. and if he's in jalen hurts face then the play is whistled dead so like, there isn't even that there's nothing he's just sitting back so he should look good because there's no reason really for him not to now all that said uh and i'm not trying to take credit away from him i'm just adding that context I thought he looked, he did some pretty good things. It wasn't a perfect day for him, but he made a number of good throws down the sideline, which I think it's funny because I saw some people reacting to that as like, well, who's questioning his arm now? And it's like, well, 
like arm strength's not just about the deep ball. It's about like, you know, throwing opposite hash and like fitting throws into tight windows, which to that note, I will say the deep, the ball stuff is all great. But to me, the most encouraging throw of the day is when there was a throw over the middle of the field in stride to Jack Stoll in a tight window in coverage. That's like an arm strength kind of, and that's like a, knowing the offense kind of throw. Like that's, that was really important for me to see that he, because it's an area of the field, he hasn't been able to work successfully with any kind of regularity in the NFL. So for, for me to see that, I felt encouraged by Jalen Hurts. What did you think of him? I wrote in my observations too. I haven't read yours. You said you haven't read mine. That play was without a doubt his best throw of the day and you know one of the things as we said and I wrote there it's something we really rarely saw him do last season and it's just not necessarily a strength that he's had in the past and to be fitting that in that tight window that closed window however you want to say uh, it's a situation where it could be a bang bang play for the the pass catcher and whoever's there defensively but he's fitting it in there between a linebacker and a safety and you're saying in the middle of the field he's throwing those you know rolling out and throwing outs or trying for a deep ball that's not really what he's done in the past for the Eagles and to see success there. And again, it's, it's June 3rd. There's no rush, all of those types of things, but it's a simple thing like that, that if it becomes a element of his game from the first time we're seeing him all year, I think that has the ability to be a consistent thing that we see throughout the summer. And then ideally for the Eagles come the fall on actual Sundays. So for a positive, for that's big positive for Jalen hurts, um, a negative, not really not a huge negative, but to me, and maybe you disagree with this. Um, I mentioned it to you at practice. I, I felt like Hertz and AJ Brown weren't totally like clicking on the same page yet. And that's again, fine. It's the first day of OTAs. I'm not saying it's a disaster. There's plenty of off season reps for that to be figured out. But by contrast, and to turn it into a positive, I thought Devontae Smith was looking yeah. great out there, which shouldn't be a surprise because he's really good. No. And the Eagles criminally underutilized him last year as I continue to beat that drum. But he, except I mean, when they were trying to get him a record, they only force fed him. <laughs> right, they should have right. force fed him the entire right. year, except when they needed him to break a meaningless record. At, I, I can't get over this. Jalen, or sorry, Devontae Smith had no targets until like under two minutes in the first half of that playoff game against the Bucks. Like what, what, what are we doing? Like, I don't care if he's not open. That, that was one thing that Nick Sirianni said last year that kind of made me nervous. And I wasn't sure if it was actually just like coach speak or if he meant it, but he kind of alluded to at one point or even said that like, he doesn't believe in force feeding targets. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, but why? But why? Anyway, now you have two dudes that <laughs> demand to be force fed. Yeah. I mean, in, in three, really, if you're kind of got it, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, I did think Devontae was looking great out there. I mean, he burnt, he just straight up roasted Darius Slay down the left sideline at one point, left Slay in the dust. And I think like a low-key concern about Jalen Hurts looking good and maybe not so low-key is that like, was part of that just the safeties? <laughs> the safeties not being great? Yeah, you're playing against a you know defense where it's not, it's not the NFL. But I will say for Hurts, when it comes to evaluation, it seems like today... I wasn't there at training camp last year. You were and communicated a ton during that process. It seemed like Hurts didn't have a great camp. That was your that was your takeaway overall. You would say that. It was kind of up and down, that, I would say. Not saying that you're a Hurts hater. I'm not putting it out there. Many would. You know, those types of takes, even though other people might say that. That seemed to be kind of the consensus. But I will say he looked better today than it seems that people indicated overall last year. Just one day, could have an up and down day next week. Mm-hmm. But I also think he is... And this could be an issue in its own right. He's not a very seven-on-seven player, right? His game is, you know, he did have a play where he tucked down and ran, but his game is based on maneuverability and a little bit of like the schoolyard BS where he can make plays up nothing with his legs. 
And ideally, you'd like him to be a great pocket passer where seven on seven, you know, you think you're thinking of Tom Brady, the ball never hitting the ground during practice, but that's not necessarily who he is. And he could still be a successful quarterback in this league for the Eagles specifically without being that type of passer. One of the things I would want to like bring up is that I, I think people put a lot of stock into like, are his mechanics different? I don't think that stuff is as drastic as it gets talked about. And no. yeah, I don't, I don't know about you. I didn't really notice anything that looked majorly different. If anything that I would point to kind of being a difference, it wouldn't be like arm strength or mechanics. It would be comfortability in the offense, which is something that he talked about. I, I agree. And, yeah. and you mentioned, I know with uh, Zoe uh, on odds and end zones about just how he's had different systems. And I don't like love that as this whole. Yeah, piece. Cause the comp I said, right. it's like, Sam I don't want to get too Sam Bradford, right. Bradford with but he's young enough Alex and he's Smith. young enough in yeah. NFL that it's, it's a little bit different. To me. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's worth bringing. It's like a factor, but I wouldn't, you know, it's like the ultimate factor. So anyway, um, yeah. he just, I thought there were some quicker decisions. Uh, he, he wasn't like holding onto the ball forever and rolling out. So that's definitely good stuff. And again, no pressure or whatever. I'll add all the caveats in. It's, it's one day, and this is something that you want to see Jalen Hurts continue to do when we go to OTAs next week and throughout training camp. Like, if he's stacking all this, then that, that's meaningful. If he's stacking these days, yeah. a one-off day doesn't mean as much, whatever. But whatever. It's stock up today. It's a good job by him. So it was good to see. Uh, who else outside of Jalen Hurts that you either liked in a good way or a bad way? How about uh, Jared Baden? <laughs> we need we need something need something at safety and uh, some guy that's more of a back of the roster or practice squad guy for the majority of teams is end up, is going to end up making this team just because how poor the safety depth is. And again, it's one day; it's the first day; it's June third. But he had two really good plays, and he had the last play of practice. Both he had two great pass breakups. One was in the flat, uh, you know, kind of crushed the guy going out of bounds, got his hand in there. Really physical, both plays. And then another one was in the middle of the field. Obviously, the throws were first one from Reed Tanette, and the other one's from Carson Strong. So it's not even Jalen Hurts or even Gardner Minshew throwing those balls, but you have to kind of call it like you see. And we only had today to evaluate, and he looked good. Not saying that he's better than Marcus Epps or could start, but – you know, maybe today is the building block where he seems like a guy that builds his way onto the back of the roster and gets some run this this year at safety. Former Alabama guy, um, also number forty one. In addition to the guy, two forty ones. That's what I wrote. There. He was hitting. He won the number forty one battle today, Highlander style. They can only be one. He's running it right now. Though I do like the other one is uh, Britton Covey. Yes, the kick returner specialist from Utah. Uh, Michael Clay uh, from. The, the special teams coordinator, Michael Clay, spoke before uh, practice itself. I don't know if you were there for that session. They seem to indicate that, you know, no one's actually taking this this leap to, you know, be the obvious returner, whether it be kick returning or punt returning. He seemed a little mum on that. Maybe with regard to the Jalen Rager situation, they, they don't know exactly how they're going to handle him. Uh, Jalen obviously has a lot of off-the-field stuff that he's dealing with right mm -hmm. now, so it's not, like, great to just contribute about, like, what he's doing in the field or, you know, some of the issues he's had as a punt return in the past. But I'd like to see what we have from him this year. So uh, maybe one of them ends up with another number other than 41. But guys for, you know, those are the two guys when I'm watching the third preseason game like a sicko. I'm like, these are the guys I need to watch today. Yeah, I thought Covey uh, looked too small, I guess, in terms of not just, like, actually physical. But, like, I mean, for a returner, that might work out. But I'm saying as a receiver – 
I don't think he's yeah, a receiver. Early signs not looking great. Now. He's, he's like 5'8", 170 something. Like he just looks it seems like Maiden, yeah, like knocked the ball out of his hands and then bumped like I don't know. I just don't know if that guy can actually, you know, hang at receiver, which is a tough and whatever. He's an undrafted rookie free agent, but uh and we'll see if he can actually return cuz that's a it's a big hole, under underrated hole that the Eagles have to fill is returner. They haven't had a good one since really Sproles. Um yeah. it's been a while. Uh, elsewhere, another under the radar name, Seamus, that we I think we'll both agree on is Dion Kane, who yeah, I don't know if you know some people I'm sure who listen to this know every single player's name on the roster. Diehards follow closely. I'm sure there are others who follow at a level where they do not know, and reasonably so. Dion Kane is on the roster, uh, a guy who's bounced around the NFL a little bit. He's been with the Steelers and the Colts. You know, Nick Sirianni connection there. Um uh and kevin patullo connection there so i mean it's one day but once upon a time Devonte bosby had like a great day of otas and then kind of had some more good otas and ended up starting for the eagles at one point didn't last obviously but sometimes guys emerge out of nowhere Deion kane will be a guy to watch he had opportunities today with quest watkins and jalen rager and zach pascal all not being at practice I mean, isn't it at least a little interesting like that he was playing in the slot, I guess, over Greg Ward at times, and he looked good in there. And more than that, like him actually catching the ball, like Jalen Hurd seemed to trust him and like was throwing his way. So that's a name to watch. Did you, uh, are you buying Deion Kane stock? So let's look at the receivers on the roster. You think they're going to keep six, right? That seems to be five or six. Yeah. Yeah. So you have one, AJ Brown, two. Do you, do you like the Smitty nickname for Devontae Smith? If he likes it, that's fine. I, I heard Slay called him it. It seems a yeah. little too, like, as a super Irish Catholic guy, it seems a little too Irish Catholic, like Boston. It's like a Boston thing to me in my head, so that's my view. I don't like it. So that's I too, love it. Uh, yeah. But if he likes it, that works for me. I just see the social media team posted a lot, so that's yeah. that's what I thought. Uh, Wes Watkins definitely going to make it. Jalen Riker is definitely going to make it, even though whatever Eagles fans might not like him, but he's going to be on the roster. That's four. Wait, who? Then, who is? Jalen Rager? Oh, I hope not, Seamus. I really hope not. They got to trade him. Yeah. Anyway. I think I'll be here, um, whether Eagles fans are me or not. So that's four. And then who's five? You're looking at like Greg Ward, right? Greg Ward. Um, I think he, uh, no, uh, Zach Pascal. I'd give him a maybe oh, yeah, Pascal. leg off. So, so you're at six with Ward and Pascal. That's before even getting Dion Kane. Again, could be a guy who looks really good in camp. We get to do those those joint practices. It seems like mm. teams are really valuing those joint practices during the preseason period more than the preseason games themselves. Could be a situation where he shows up then and Greg Ward, veteran for a long time. The seems like a great guy. My my Greg Ward take is that if it's third and seven, you need eight yards, he's an automatic five yard gain for you. Like reliable, but it just it's there's no game breaking ability there. Uh he's been reliable in the past. Uh you know, would he have that touchdown catch in the Washington game, that Tuesday night football this past year, good throw from Hertz. That was really cool. That was a great catch from him. He's made a lot of good catches over the year, clutch situations, but uh, he's a fifth, sixth, seventh receiver at this stage. So might be a little hard for him to fight on there, given the uh, history with these guys in the roster, especially comes to that end of the roster guys where Pascal has that familiar, familiarity with Sirianni, given the, the Colts connection. Greg Ward's been here forever. And then you're looking at Deion Kane there. I like that saying, uh, like it's, let's say it's third and three, he'll get you four and it's third and eight. He'll still get you four. <laughs> he would, yeah, exactly. it's, like, it's that. Yeah. Right. If yeah. it's third and three, he'll get you four. If it's third and seven, he'll get you four. Right. Either way. Um, 
I'm looking else the notes here. Why don't we take a break really quick? We have some more things to talk about here, but we'll take a break since we're hitting about the 20 minute mark. And before we do, Seamus, allow me to tell you about Righteous Felon Craft Turkey, which I mentioned earlier in the show, but it really is good. I, Seamus, I feel like you can speak to this. You know Dan Klausner, right? Yes, I, I eat Righteous Felon all the time. It's great. It's uh, my, my like main kind of quick grocery uh, convenience store. I shouldn't say grocery store. They go to sells it from going in there, mm-hmm. picking up uh, a Gatorade or a Powerade Zero or some Halo Top ice cream. I'll go in there and maybe pick some up as like a between lunch and dinner snack. It's great. Um, again, I've said like I am not the biggest beef jerky guy. I'm very picky about it. Uh, Righteous Fallon's is actually good. I enjoy it. So you should enjoy it too by going to righteousfelon.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Same discount code, by the way, works at wildnaturepet.com for 15% off dog treats. If you have a pet, maybe you don't eat meat, you're huge into animals, and you have a pet and you want to get dog treats instead, there you go. Um, Seamus, do you know how this works? We will be back after, this is where you say this. This? Back after this. Sorry, man. Sorry. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on BGN Radio uh, with Seamus, who is ruining the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, what else should we talk about, Shame? What else did you see from practice? Um, it was short, right? It was. It wasn't just me feeling it. And then that's just kind of a thing that's been coming in the NFL, and specifically with the Eagles, where it seems like they're having the, the fewest amount of practices out there, especially during this OTA period. It seems like them and the Bengals, and it makes a little bit more sense because the Bengals were playing in the mid-February, right? Because they were in the Super Bowl. The longest um, NFL season situation, ever. Yeah, uh, but they also were late last year, too, I think. And they had a successful season with injuries, given how horrific the previous, you know, almost half decade had been with injury situations. So I guess that's a plus there, but it wasn't a lot of material I don't think for, necess- for us to necessarily go off. So a couple of quick hitters, I guess, that I'll get to. And some of the- these are in my notes on bleedingreadnation.com. Seamus's notes are on phillyvoice.com. Um, I don't really buy Jay Jaw like working out at tight end. I-, I haven't since that was announced. He didn't really look like super bigger to me or anything. And that doesn't no. necessarily mean everything. A little bit. We, we, we said maybe a little, a little bit. bigger in his legs. Yeah, and lower body. More bulked up, I would say. But like he's still significantly smaller than the other tight ends. And I just... So I'm not really buying that. I never have been. Uh, we should probably mention that Kaiser White and TJ Edwards were the top two linebackers in the defense. I think that's n- newsworthy. Didn't Davion Taylor get some run? Um, I didn't see that. Maybe. Maybe you're right, and I didn't see that. But the point was, like, N'Kobe Dean isn't just, like, instantly a day-one starter here, and that's fine. Like, he can still potentially take over that role before the season gets here. 
but this is just how OTs work. Like the veterans usually get yeah. that first nod. So that's fine. It's not like a big deal, but I just wanted to, it's worth noting that like Nicobe Dean isn't literally just like star linebacker day one um, on the practice field. Um, I guess that's all I really had big from practice. I will say of the absences from OTAs, uh, again, all voluntary. So I'm not trying to say anyone is like a total, you know, uh, bum for not coming, but I will say Fletcher Cox not going and he hasn't gone in previous years. So this isn't like totally new for him, but for a guy who kind of is coming off like a bad season, or at least like for his standards, his, his one of his worst seasons. And also, um, you know, like calling out the coaching staff and also, um, coming back on a contract that I'm sure at some level he is aware that everyone thinks is like not good, almost unanimously. It's like, you know, maybe he should be there. I don't know. Am I crazy for that? I mean, Jason Kelsey wasn't there. Lane Johnson wasn't there. And we had talked, uh, you know, maybe they had some other kind of engagement. It was like Brett Tote's wedding was this weekend or something like that. So maybe that's an issue, but. Uh, I actually found the, see him. the uh, RSVP thing for like, I just googled like Brett Toth wedding because I or Brett Toth oh like the actual like couple's website yeah I, I didn't like yeah, I wasn't yeah. trying to like stalk yeah. them I was just trying to yeah, see yeah we're trying to see who's on the invite list but just see like what the deal is right but, yeah, yeah it's, it's out you're there. a reporter you're a reporter and it's true it's today it's Friday June 3rd at uh, 3 p.m. so there we go I'm not necessarily concerned. I mean, maybe you want him there in a situation because you do have the, a lot of this. And Brandon Graham had taught the practice, and I wasn't—I didn't know this to begin with—that uh, they had kind of separated the defensive line room into the interior guys and then the outside guys. And maybe in a way, you want Fletch there, given that you have Milton Williams, who I thought looked really good as a day two rookie last year. And then obviously Jordan Davis is you know, up there right below AJ Brown is the biggest acquisition this offseason. They trade up, they give up a lot of draft capital to go up and move in him. And you're thinking he's, you know, going to be the heir to the all pro that Fletcher Cox once was. And he could be that next guy there. And then you have Javon there as well, who uh, maybe didn't do consistently great all last season, but parts of the season played like a pro bowl caliber player. So maybe you want him there just to be in the mix and things like that. And Jordan Davis mentioned after practice that he did, he has had some conversations in talking with Fletch, but I don't think it's a big deal. Again, talking about Jalen Hurts or uh, any of these other players, it's June 3rd. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not the biggest deal, but I just it, it doesn't rub me the right way given everything. I get that. It's like a stock down thing for me. Whatever. It's not, it's not the biggest deal, but it's just it, I don't feel great about it. Um, One thing I wanted to mention – that was clearly obvious at practice is the Eagles were practicing in their t-shirt jerseys that they kind of debuted last year during abbreviated OTAs. But today the numbers were orange uh, in the effort to end gun violence, which is obviously a kind of a big problem uh, in our country that we live in here in the United States of America, adding the context for non U S listeners. Um, you know, I, I like to see this. Joe Jeffrey Lurie came out with a statement. Um, Jalen Hurts opened his press conference, his post-practice press conference, by talking about how, you know, it's time for change. Uh, the Eagles are uh, auctioning off these shirts that they wore to benefit um, two Philadelphia organizations uh, against gun violence. Uh, they are also offering a gun buyback event, I should mention, at Lincoln Financial Field on, I believe, Monday, June 6th from 2 to 6 p.m. Each person who turns in an unloaded firearm to the police on site receives a $100 gift card funded by the Eagles and the Center for Violence Prevention at Children's 
Philadelphia. What is this? Anyway, uh, the point is, I also saw like no questions asked. Like, so you know, that's if you want to do that. Uh, that's exactly, I mean, that's that's consistent how it is, and sports shot. teams yeah, have done right. this for for decades uh, all across the country. Right. I think it's an, it's an incredible thing. I know in my youth, I remember mean, the Sixers had a, had a situation like that uh, that had done that in the past, and. You no, know, we talk about Jalen Hurts, the intangibles, right? That's his big thing. As people criticize his passing game, whatever, uh, you know, shoulders up is 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 the Jalen Hurts defining factor, right? Just this uh, an infectious personality. Everyone seems to love him, gravitate toward him in the locker room. Uh, him coming out and opening his press conference like that, not just waiting for someone to field a question because they had the jerseys on. Uh, some reporters had asked other members of the team when they had spoken, uh, "Hey, you know, you're wearing these orange shirts, the Wear Orange Initiative. Uh, what are you, your thoughts on the current?" You know, political situations i maybe shied away from getting too too political and just said obviously people doesn't don't want people to die people don't want there to be gun violence that's 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 an obvious thing but for him to go out there and open it you know, kind of a cold open and just speak freely for seemed like five minutes or so uh tells me a lot about jalen hurts as a leader as a person overall not just on the football field but off of it um and it just it's just one of those things where it's easy to see why people in the locker room gravitate towards him and why I think he's an awesome leader. 100%. And I just want to give credit to the Eagles too, for as much as we criticize them uh, at times. Uh, yeah. That's my thing is like, I saw Howie today and I've never met him in real life. And I don't, I don't know if he knows who I am for my writing, not to like say I'm that important, but I'm sure he reads things online and he's knows who people are and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, like I've criticized this guy a lot in the past, but this offseason, I've been praising him, just kind of call it like I see him. And sometimes the Eagles do bad things and dumb things, but them getting out in the front and they had a big social media campaign today with it. And obviously, you know, just social media activism isn't everything in the world Mm -hmm. and it needs to be actual legislative change. Um, But just promoting it and being open about it and and showcasing that they're not going to just stand around and, you know, I don't want to use the, you know, cliche stick to sports or anything like that, but them going out there and, doing this and i think the auction itself is nice for hardcore eagles fans to get some gear as well as raising money for a great cause that's that's clear uh so props to them for today call it like i see it i've criticized the eagles a lot they did something good today for sure and uh it's not something new too like they've been doing this because yeah. let's be real gun violence has been an issue specifically in philadelphia um so uh going back to the end of last season and uh the great ben natan wrote an article about this for bleeding green nation that yes, he tweeted that out today story from ben yeah um about how they launched an advocacy program and have committed hundreds of thousand dollars to fight gun violence in philly so it's cool that this isn't just, you know, reactionary too. And it's like, Oh, this is in the moment. It's like, they've, this is something they've actively been working on and that's good to see it continue here. So, um, you know, that's another thing from practice. Um, but I guess we should move into some of the, it's a hard transition from that to some more. Yeah. Obviously we're not going to, we're not going to be Bill Simmons, uh, you know, 2005 redraft the bulls in a sad day in America. Obviously that was a severe situation. And, you know, eventually in our conversation with Jalen today, the focus had to shift towards football, but, not taking away from the the gravitas of this situation. Well, I guess, did you take anything away from the pressers outside of, you know, Jalen Hurts and the, the gun violence discussion? Uh, not from Jalen specifically. Jalen's a little mum on, you know, talking candidly, I think. And that's not like a bad thing. He's he's great with his teammates, but doesn't necessarily need to do that. Uh, as a quarterback, I love when he spoke out about a, like a serious issue here, but uh, nothing um, – really stood out for me. The Jordan Davis conversation was really funny. He seems like a great personality. You know, there's obviously going to be jokes because he's just this massive human being and, you know, kind of unparalleled to have a guy with that size strength combination. Uh, 
but him talking about uh, what did he really liked to eat in Philadelphia, and it was a cannoli. I thought was awesome. A Dante a was, and Luigi's uh, cannoli. As you could, as I'm sure, if someone could tell, they saw me. I'm also a big cannoli guy, too, especially <laughs> as a South Philly guy. Yeah, uh, nothing too earth shattering. Uh, I thought it was a little interesting that Brandon Graham admitted that like didn't there wasn't there was some initial resistance the Eagles splitting up the rooms from like you know the edge rusher to defensive end to defensive interior defensive line. Um, BG is usually pretty positive and just says everything is great and goes along with anything. Um, he did turn it into a positive ultimately, but that was a little noteworthy. Um, you know, maybe we'll see that go back in the future if it doesn't really end up working out well in terms of the the players and everything we'll see might be nothing um you know slay talked didn't really think a lot from him uh aj brown is a kind of a fun guy to talk to i think and, and fun to hear from he has some personality um but i don't think he needs, it said anything too crazy i did like his line about how he approaches getting yards after the catch and it's that he, i love that I he's love like that. i'm not trying to create a highlight i'm just trying to score touchdowns which is funny because when you score touchdowns you're creating highlights but um you know the point is like uh he uh it's not about like you know trying to show off as much as he just likes to play football and likes to win and likes to break tackles and and do that kind of thing so yeah nothing too earth shattering but um uh something that is more newsworthy Seamus that i feel like we should get into is that the eagles finally announced some of their or all of their really changes to the football operations and scouting departments. Now, before yes. I get into this, I will note one thing not listed on here and which is incredibly relevant and which we have both written about is that the fact that as first reported by Bo Wolf of the athletic Jeffrey Lurie's son, Julian Lurie now has an official title with the Eagles. This is not shocking because he was seen having more of a role with the team. He was at the senior bowl and had like an increased presence around the organization, but it's still noteworthy. And it's not necessarily like something that people have to think a ton about right now because Jeffrey Lurie is still alive and owning the team. But eventually, you know what? That's Jeffrey Lurie. Hey, people watch, people watch Succession, right? People know like what the deal is. So yeah, it's, it, this is, you know, we're looking at the future here. Uh, Jeffrey Lurie is 70 years old. So yeah, I know. just, I said that on my podcast the other day and I'm like, I hope he's really 70. I just checked again. He is 70 years old. So that's good. So, you know, that's, that's interesting and certainly worth noting. And we've talked, we've heard about the rise to tie it into the scouting changes and everything. The rise of Alec Halaby, who's kind of like a, uh, I feel like not very popular with a lot of fans who have read about like, cause he's, you know, is he he's the analytics he, nerd. The, num- the, yeah, the kind of the situation that had plagued Howie and, and the, the fan consensus for a while as the non-traditional football guy. And mm-hmm. both of us are non-traditional football guys. So I don't have a really fun. I don't know what you're talking about. I disagree like that. with that characterization. <laughs> Maybe you're a traditional basketball guy, <laughs> given the, the height. You claim that you were taller than Tyree Jackson today. Not saying that I am. you're not, but it was a flex, like a literal giraffe well, flex. I, I bring this up all the time, Seamus. People, like last year... Uh, not to call anyone out, but I saw I was, people were tweeting out last year during training camp. Wow, Tyree Jackson's huge, and I'm like, I'm taller than him. I'm standing right next to you as you're tweeting this. Anyway, it's not about me. It's always about me, but it's not about me right now. Um. So anyway, we were talking about the changes, and uh, I'm not going to read them all. Obviously, we'll have coverage of this. You can check it out on the Eagles website and elsewhere. But some of the more significant ones. We should note that John Ferrari has been promoted to assistant general manager. That was kind of floating out there last week that that was going to happen. Alec Halby, who we just mentioned, also promoted to assistant general manager. And that's interesting because both of those guys aren't on like the personnel. They're not on the scouting side. 
Like Ferrari was like Doug Peterson and Nick Sirianni have both brought up Ferrari as being like a guy they lean on when they want to send a call into the league or like, like a penalty call that like they thought was wrong. Or like when Sirianni had COVID last year ahead of the Jets game, like I I believe Ferrari is the guy who's like working out the logistics of that, of like, okay, how are we going to like keep you in contact with the team and make this all work and have you ready in case you do clear in time to get you to the game like, he, like he's the guy who kind of works all that stuff out or at least is overseeing that so it's a little interesting to see him promoted to this kind of role um seems like a sharp guy sure but it's just kind of like funny to see like that kind of guy potentially getting more like say final say or at least more influence uh and then alec Halaby, who again as we mentioned has been kind of really uh in the analytical side of things so they're the assistant GMs. My guess and part of the Eagles promoting them to those titles is they don't want to lose those guys. And Correct. Because of the, you know, the exodus. I don't want to say an exodus in terms of people are just quitting or people are leaving for other jobs this offseason. Some of it, you know, Andy Weidel had more of a lateral move. Mm-hmm. And you could say there was a situation there with the Eagles letting his brother go. But also he's his family is from Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh. I'm sure he grew up being a Steelers fan. If one of us were these analytics nerd guys and then we were came up through the Steelers organization and won a Super Bowl there but then if I was the number two guy there and the number two guy job opened up and with the Eagles and the pay was similar or even a little bit more I'm definitely going to the Eagles do you do you know what I mean so I, well, yeah. I do get it from that perspective and the, the new Steelers GM Omar Khan comes from like you know more business background too he's not like yeah. personnel so like Andy's probably the top more so personnel guy there and if Khan doesn't work out for some reason, like, and there's probably, he's probably on shakier footing than like Harry Roseman is here. There's more yeah. of an opportunity to like Andy to move up than he could here. Um, so yeah, that's significant. And speaking of Andy's old title, vice president of player personnel, the Eagles don't have one of those now. Like they did not hire a one for one replacement. Now there are some key people that kind of might be that you would point to who could be yeah. helping replace that. I think one of the names you look at is Dave Caldwell, the former Jacksonville Jaguars general manager who was promoted to senior personnel director slash advisor to the general manager. So I think you look at him, you can point. He's, he's basically like the VP, like the, the old, you know, Wydell or Joe Banner title to me, obviously it's not what this nominal title is, but that's my takeaway. So there's him, but you also point to Matt Russell, who is also a senior personnel director advisor to the general manager, which is the same title as Caldwell it's just that Caldwell has been here a year and now Russell is joining on board and Russell actually held that vice president of player personnel title when he last worked with the Broncos before he retired so I guess maybe maybe it's kind of going to two people I think part of the thing to consider here is that it kind of was a two-man show with Wydell at the top but Tom Donahoe like working more in the shadows like in the background at least until he was captured on draft night, <laughs> not fist bumping Howie Roseman ultimate or at first. Um, so I think the, the power is kind of split between those guys. Although it's probably worth pointing out that like the Eagles got Brandon Hunt, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, director of scouting, who seemed to be yeah. like a guy they've wanted for years, going back to 2016. So I think he's another key name here too. Um, anyone else? That's probably not right. Guy, I want to give a shout out to in a new promotion. Connor Barwin, oh. director of player development. Connor Barwin, who I have a hot tip from, Seamus. This is are you ready for this? This is an exclusive source. Oh my god. So breaking news? You live or exclusive? I don't want to dox you, but are, are you comfortable with me saying which air neighborhood you live around? 
No, I, I don't live in South LA, but I still live in the city okay. in a general area. I, I've, I've definitely said it before, but I try not to say it too okay, much. Yes. Obviously, I'm a South Philly guy. I have a lot of familiarity. I lived there 27 years. Okay, so you may have been to this location at some point. It's within a relative range of you. Um, Kismet Bagels. Uh, I haven't been there yet, uh, but it is relatively close to me, I'll say. It's a good spot, yes. and I heard Connor Barwin went there this week. So, boom. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you follow uh, Large Petroleum, Big Oil, one of my close Twitter buddies, uh, lives in Fishtown itself, is a huge, huge, uh, or the Fishtown area, whatever you want to say. Uh, loves them. I definitely need to go try that out. A lot of times, though, I'm waking up early and it's like 8 o'clock and I'm doing all my morning activities work-wise. I don't, I don't Gotta, really have a weekend. Got to get, get over in there on the weekend. I work a lot of weekends. Like, mm. I'm either, I'm usually, I work a lot of Saturday. Like, I'm working, you know, this is Friday. I'm working tomorrow and Sundays. And then most of my work, weekend work, especially during this kind of a sports dead period, quote-unquote, is early in the day. So, it is what it is, but definitely need to check it out. Good spot. He is, a, he's uh, definitely just a, I love that he he's a big transit guy taking right. the subway. The first ever BGN article I wrote was about him. Do you remember that? I do about his uh, his benefit concert. Uh, yeah, his benefit concert that was at Union Transfer. I think uh, was Mac DeMarco was the headliner. Got to talk to him a little bit. And what I love there, and it's why I still have a. Besides, he was a fun player. He seemed like he connected with the city uh, a bit there. But during that uh, Make the World a Better Place program that he that initiative that he undertakes charity, whatever you want to call it, uh, the field he rebuilt uh, with that initial project was the field I practiced on growing up wow. playing football, uh, JV and varsity and elementary school, grade school, whatever you want to call it. So that was always like a deep connection. To me. And I was like, and it was an absolutely terrible field at 24th and Jackson, I think in South Philly, just, you know, kind of just a rundown thing you, you'd imagine you'd see in that area of the city, South Philly, whatever. Uh, but to see them actually putting great resources into that, uh, he'll always have a soft spot in my heart now, even though I'm a big J journalist, but a guy who I think is a really good person. Very, Long time BGN radio listeners will remember that there was an old BGN radio intro. I'm talking about like around that time. I think you spoke to us. What's going on? Uh, for 2014, um, where there was a clip of Connor Barwin we would play, uh, heading into our shows about how he said he heard of us when uh, it was James Seltzer at the time who interviewed him and said we were the best Eagles podcast around. So Connor Barwin once said that. Don't forget, I wish I still had that clip. Um, if you remember that, tweet at me and Seamus, why not, at Brandon Gowton, at Seamus underscore Clancy with hashtag old BGN radio intro altogether. He definitely went and read my phenomenal article and then discovered the podcast on the great Bleeding Green Nation website. Well, there you go. Um, That's exactly what happened. He, we should probably say, I don't know if you mentioned, he is promoted to director of player development. He was I don't even think I got to his title because <laughs> I, was, I was gassing him up too I much. think he was previously like special assistant to the GM. So he's Yeah, I think promoted. that was that was his title previously. And it's probably doing the same thing, but it's just like, you know, a more kind of juiced up, juiced up uh, title. Hey, get a pay raise, whatever, right? So that's cool. Um, maybe he'll be the GM one day. Probably not, because Howie will be until forever, and then I'll be Halaby. It'll be well. Julian Laurie's twenty seven, so we have like another seventy years of him. I don't know how old Howie is, but uh, Howie's fairly Julie young. Doesn't want to have the... Yeah, I'm, he's definitely like not. Old. Would you say he's forty two? Uh, let me look. Is that even... he's probably... He started in two thousand, like fresh out of law school. So he's probably like early 40s. I, I was going to guess 45 and he's 46. Okay. I said 42. He's has a youthful face. Looks good. <laughs> Looks good today. He's liking all this. You know, since he does pay attention, he's definitely liking the uh, the praise. 
Um, hey, like I, I like I say, I've I've criticized criticized him a lot in the past, but he's had a good off season. Both of us, I think, have been kinder than to him this year than we were last year. If the Eagles do well this year, Seamus, I will claim that I never said a bad thing about him, and you can't find any kind of documentation that proves me wrong. I had a group chat that had a Howie Roseman uh, group chat name that was I won't say it. I definitely can't say, it, but it was fairly negative Howie. But then I. <laughs> I specifically changed it uh, uh, day one of the NFL draft after the A.J. Brown trade and the Jordan Davis acquisition. So it's just called Howie is good now. It was something worse previously. I, I, will, I said this at practice to you, and I've said it on the pod before. I want to reiterate it. I want to write an article about this. Howie's at his best when no one believes in him. So I don't need people telling me that we should all be sorry for to Howie. Like, no. Like, he's bad when... Everyone believes in him, and he gets too cocky. And the word is hubris, I think, to describe how he gets hubristic. And, yeah, I don't think that's wrong. And I think he's best when he's humble. So, all right, uh, let's wrap this. That's so, why I think last season with the, uh, you know, the Carson Doug fallout, all of that different stuff. And hey, he's you know, I, I don't think this is Dream Team 2.0 this year. It's a little bit different. I think there are better cultural fits. I think there's a better infrastructure in place than there was as. Uh, the Andy Reid was deteriorating in 2010, 2011, 2012. Uh, but he's done a really good job this offseason. Maybe it doesn't all come to fruition, but it's a you know process over results in my head where the past a lot of things I criticized, I really thought were bad process. Uh, whereas this stuff, maybe the results aren't spectacular, but uh, getting a guy like Jordan Davis, making an acquisition for A.J. Brown, phenomenal process. All right, so what's coming up next for us here on BGN, for Seamus and me? is that the Eagles are practicing again at some point next week. They have OTA practices on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We will be going to one of those days. It's probably going to be... I think like Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. We don't know for sure. So it's going to be one of those two days. So we'll be back with more practice notes, another practice uh, recap recap podcast of sorts after those. So stay tuned for all that. And in order to do that, you know, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Leave us a rating and review. We appreciate those. Um, and that'll be a wrap once we do that until training camp. We will obviously have weekly coverage and daily kind of updates of whatnot or semi-daily. That's not a real word, but you get the point. We'll have frequent updates. Semi, semi-frequent. Semi-frequent updates on the podcast. So don't miss a thing by subscribing and rating and reviewing and all that good stuff. Check out Seamus on Twitter, who was kind enough to join me today and fill in for Jimmy at Seamus underscore Clancy on Twitter. Uh, Instagram is... Same. At, I made it okay. simple. At Shameless underscore Clancy. I have a question for you sure. before we sign off. Uh, obviously, you, I listen to all the BGN radio podcasts that I don't do because it's phenomenal. But do you ever listen to the own pod? Do you listen to BGN radio after you do it? What I do, just to make sure we get the clicks and listens, especially mm-hmm. for my specific shows, is I'll play them on my phone, both on Apple and Spotify, on the fastest speed possible with the volume down to get that, that extra listener click in there. That's a smart move by you. That's smart um, move. Yeah, I don't usually. And so we just lost like two downloads right there. <laughs> we're, 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 we're bleeding downloads. Bleeding downloads. I don't usually impart because I just need to separate. I just can't like I can't. You also don't want to hear the sound of your voice. I'll sometimes I'll listen back to specific parts if I thought I made like a really bad point and like I kind of like want to go back and listen to that and kind of listen yeah. to like what did i mean to say or if i thought maybe i made a good point and i was like oh that's good maybe i can actually use that for writing kind of 
or save that for future use, whatever. So I'll kind of do some of that sometimes. I don't think uh, people really like this. <laughs> do people like me hearing me talk about this? Who knows? Maybe you do if you're actually taking the time to listen to this. Um, but yeah, not not a ton. I, I'm actually it's because I don't like anyone here and I'm just sabotaging the numbers. That is clearly the case. I knew it all along. Seamus called me out. Um, well, all right. So doesn't matter. It's a light day of OTAs and we still did 45 minutes anyway. You can follow Seamus, like I said, uh, at phillyvoice.com as well, where you can also check out Jimmy. Uh, we didn't plug Kristen Roach or Roach Realtors, but you know the deal with her. You can go to roachrealtors.com for more info about her. Check out Righteous Felon Craft Jerky by going to righteousfelon.com using discount code BGN15. It's not just beef jerky. They have other things as well. I always say, Seamus, the website's free. It doesn't cost you anything to go to the website no. and see what they have. And if you don't like anything, then you don't need to get anything. But if you do, Correct. then there you go. Wild Nature Pet. What's your favorite flavor? Um, I like the Darth Garlic Biltong the best. Okay. And that's not even the jerky. So case in point, um, it's a little different. It's a little more tender, but really, really flavorful and good. So I would recommend that if you're looking for a place to start. WildNaturePet.com is where you go if you have a dog and you want to get them treats. Use the same discount code BGN15 for 15% off. I'm on Twitter, at Brandon Gowton. Instagram, at Brandon Gowton. BGN underscore radio is the place to find the Twitter account. For the podcast, at Bleeding Green is the website place to find the podcast. Hey, if you like BGN and BGN Radio and the SB Nation NFL show and all the good stuff we have going on here, and you don't want to see it go away for a little bit because there's a potential work stoppage that could happen as Vox Media is pursuing a new contract with the company, then you can let the company know that by checking out some of the things we have going on. I will just direct you to the Vox underscore union Twitter account. That's V-O-X underscore union Twitter account to kind of see what's going on there and the updates there. So I really hope that we don't have to stop. That's obviously the goal. Um, but so hopefully it doesn't come to that. I'm going to be optimistic. And if you want to lend your support and tell everyone at Vox Media how much you like everything here, then maybe that would help, and we would appreciate that as well. So, Seamus, thanks again. Solidarity. Thank, solidarity forever. I'm wearing my Writers Guild of America East, my WGAE t-shirt as we record this podcast. Um, any final thoughts from you, Seamus? Ready for next week. That was my first Eagles practice in forever, and it was great to be down there. Like, a, not an important day, but also, like I said, felt like a super important day, and it was great. Looking forward to chatting again next week. We will be back with you then. Until that time, Seamus, this is where you say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. B G N. <laughs>